Is it coming down? There we go. If you're new to Lords, you might not know we have a screen here. Um, I hate screens, uh, but they're a necessary evil in church sometimes. Uh, so we, don't, we won't use this during the homily, but once a year we have the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal. And so uh, we'll have that this morning. And as I say every year, do not think for a second you're getting out of a homily. I just gave to the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal. Wait, really? Yes, really. I gave to the Appeal because I want to put my faith in action. Here's what I need. My kids had in-person learning while no one else was in school. That has been a lifesaver for John while he's been working from home. Thanks, honey. Plus, my mom was able to learn more about her faith during biblical school. My family will be able to enjoy Annunciation Heights camp this summer. My friend Sarah found the joy that only Christ can offer and became Catholic. And they ordained five new priests this year. The appeal allows your dollar to do so much. Catholic Charities really helped our neighbors in need. Wow, I didn't realize I can reach so many people through the appeal. How do I give? It's real easy. By going to archden.org slash give today, you can put your faith in action and courageously share the gospel. Thank you for your continued support, and God bless you. Uh, how did he get in here? I do encourage you to give to the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal. In fact, I would say every one of us should give to that. Every single one of us. Uh, <clears throat> the, there are things that we do as a local parish. Building up our church is a hugely important work. But there are certain things we do as an archdiocese that we can't do as one parish. Um, so we educate seminarians, some of the things they highlighted there. Uh, we help the poor in a special way, in a way that we need more than one parish to do. Um, one of my favorite works in the Archdiocese, we have a number of parishioners here who work for Marisol Health. Marisol Health, I just have a heart for, and I think everyone should. Marisol Health finds pregnant woman, women in trouble, and it provides them housing, it takes care of them, and it makes sure that they are not going to have an abortion. That's where the pro-life movement, where we actually walk what we talk. And so I just love that apostolate. So there's a lot of good things out there. I encourage you, you should make part of your tithing. Go to the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal. I just have to say, I'm like today, I think this is the fullest we've had a Mass in a while, and I just feel so good. I love you guys so much, and I just miss being together. This is just wonderful. Um, that's okay, I guess it's just me. All right. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. Um, today I want to talk to you about the heart of your life as a Christian, and I want to talk about one thing in your faith that if you had everything else, but you didn't have this, wouldn't matter. 
It wouldn't matter. Today in the gospel, Jesus opens the minds of the disciples to understand the scriptures. And it's only once they get it that then they're going to go out and they're going to convert the world. Right? The early church was up against much worse things than we are today. As much as we're entering this secular time in a hostile world, the early church had worse odds stacked against it. But their hearts were on fire because Jesus rose from the dead and he opened their hearts and their minds. And so today when you go home, you can always go back, right? We have our 10 a.m. mass. This homily is uploaded on the internet. You can go back if you forget this. But I want you to go look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 today. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is going to take what happened today in the gospel. He's going to talk about your life. And so St. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 3.12, and it's a little complex, but we're going to pull a few things out. He says, we have a huge hope, and we are very bold, not like Moses, who put a veil over his face, because the minds and the hearts of the Jews were hardened. I'm skipping a verse here. When they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. This is a very dense passage and we, I could do a, an hour Bible study on this. We're not going to do that today. But here's the point I want to get to. What Paul says is that for some people out there, when they hear the story of Scripture, there's a veil and the Greek says it's a veil over their hearts. They've heard every Bible story. They can tell you all the things that God teaches. But there's a veil over their hearts and so it doesn't matter. Now we all know this, don't we? There's certain things in life that you could have everything look great, but if that central piece isn't there, it's not going to work. We have, as you know, as I talk about a lot, we have a lot of marriage prep here at Lourdes. And as I keep saying, no more marriages. None, okay? No more falling in love, no more getting married. We're going to start having masses for men and masses for women, okay? And all of you who are not married now will become religious. That's what's going to happen. But in marriage prep, one of the things you see a lot is if a couple has issues, if they're having a hard time as they're approaching their wedding... There's a lot of different reasons that can be the case. And sometimes when a couple's struggling, you know, we look at different things that might be the cause. And how do we help them with that? And sometimes, you know, we say, okay, well, there's, these guys really need to work on their communication. They don't articulate very well the things that they're bugging them. And they don't know how to talk about it. Sometimes they have issues with the way they were raised and they had radically different upbringings. And they haven't realized that that's the way, that's what is affecting the way they interact with each other. Um, there can be all kinds of things. But all those are secondary. We can work through those things. But every once in a while, not too often, but it does happen. I've probably had at least 10 in my priesthood. Every once in a while, I'm sitting with a couple in marriage prep, and one of them doesn't really want to get married. And I can just feel it. 
And if they fixed everything else, right, you could look at it and you could say, we're going to fix your communication problems. We're going to work on the way you budget. Uh, we're going we're to make sure that you guys learn skills around how you have fights and all kinds of things. We can give them a bunch of different things like that, but if one of the two or both, if their heart is not in it, it simply won't work. And I could pull out a bunch of examples like this. I think of churches. Sometimes you'll see a church and it's got, it has, you know, everything's dialed in. It's got a perfect staff. It's very professional. Uh, you know, the priest's teeth are perfectly white and has more hair than I have. And whatever else it is, but the love of God isn't there. And then everything else doesn't matter. But if you flip that around, I've always said this too. If you want to grow a church, the way better thing to do is to have five people who are on fire with the love of God and have nothing else than to have a big church with lots of money and everything else, but the love of God isn't there. Because that one thing is the only thing that will drive the rest. And today I want to talk to you about your faith. Your faith is like this. And Jesus today, and then we're, we're in Luke 24 in the gospel. So that's the last chapter in Luke's gospel. And we have a couple of resurrection stories. And what happens in the, today and in the reading just before this, the road to Emmaus, what happens in both of those stories is that Jesus opens the hearts and the minds of his followers and they come alive. And everything makes sense. And so on the road to Emmaus, the two disciples who are a married couple. If you don't know about that, um, you should get informed. I'm sure there's somewhere there that it talks about it. But it's a married couple, and they're walking, and they're on their way to Emmaus. And Jesus opens the scriptures to them, and they say, were not our hearts burning inside of us as he opened up the scriptures to us. And again, back to 2 Corinthians 3, which we read at the start today, right? Paul says that for some people, and in this passage, he's talking about Jews who have not yet become Christians. He says, their hearts are hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. One of the things I hope you're hearing with this, by the way, is that Paul is playing off also the moment that Jesus dies on the cross, the veil in the temple is torn from top to bottom. And to be a Christian, all of us, we've got this kind of hardness of heart as human beings. And if you're going to understand who Jesus is, if you're going to be a real Christian, that veil that lies over your heart has to be torn from top to bottom. It has to happen. And if that doesn't happen, Christianity will remain to you an interesting subject matter. And I know lots of people in my life who are like that, and I have been like that in my life. 
Right now, Lords, you know, you guys, are, you guys are kind of a big deal. You know a lot of stuff. We've got scholars in our audience. Or audience, that's terrible. Congregation. <laughs> in our community. We, got a lot, we have scholars. You know, our, our school, when you, if you did a poll of names in our school, if you go to other schools, they have names like, you know, Starry Night and, I don't know, weird names that our culture is doing now, like Yogurt. If you go to Lourdes, everyone's like Gemma and John Paul and Solanus. And if you don't know who that is, you have a lot of saints to learn about. Our community has lots of knowledge. Knowledge is secondary. It's secondary. And I know this. When I was, when I was falling in love with Jesus, I had lots of questions. And I was learning about scripture, but it wasn't that I learned scripture and then I was like, okay, now I know and I understand and I can make all the pieces fit. And so now I guess I'll go be a priest. That was not it. It's that the veil that lied over my heart was torn from top to bottom. And once my heart was open to Jesus, I could not learn enough about him. I could not give enough of my, of my time to him. It was all I wanted to do. If you had everything else, if you're one of these Christians, right, you're Catholic, and you know, right, you know about the Council of Chalcedon, and you know what that is, and you, like, name drop, you're like, you know, in the Fourth Lateran Council, when they were talking about, I don't even know what they talked about there. Great, those are good things. But it can be reduced to a pile of just an interesting subject. That's not what you're called to be. You are called to be a Christian whose heart is on fire with the love of God. And if you had everything else as a Christian, right, you go over and you talk to other Catholics, you say, well, at our church, we celebrate ad orientum. But you don't know what that is, Right? My third child is named after St. Gemma Galgani. Great. Is the veil on your heart removed? Has it been torn off? Is it open to God? This is everything. Augustine says this, and there's great hope. Maybe you're one of these people. In my life, there's been moments where I'm like, Lord, I'm just not there right now. Here's a great thing. God can do this if you just open yourself to the possibility if you said a prayer to Jesus today and you said, Jesus, I know a lot of stuff about you, but I want my heart to be yours. I don't feel that way right now, Lord, but I want to. Here's what St. Augustine says. Augustine says, the heart may shut itself away. I don't want to open my heart to God. I just don't want to do it. The heart can, the heart may shut itself away, but it cannot hide from your sight. Man's heart may be hard, but it cannot resist the touch of your hand. Love that line. Lord, that even when, even when my heart's not in it, when I don't even want my heart to be in it, Jesus, I know that your hand can touch my heart and make it new. 
whenever you will, your mercy or your punishment can make my heart relent. Augustine and I love this. Sometimes when we go hard through hard days in our lives, we think the way God is going to break us out is by making us feel good. Augustine says that sometimes God will punish you because he loves you. And because you have turned towards things that are sinful, God's punishment can turn your heart back to him. Just as much as his mercy. Just as none can hide from the sun, so no one can escape your burning heat. We're still in Easter. We have 50 days of Easter. John Paul II, I want to leave you with this today. John Paul II had a great quote he used to just say all the time. As he would say that Jesus Christ is the answer to the question that is every human life. Jesus Christ is the answer to the question that is every human life. Right? My life is a question mark. Right? What is my life supposed to be? What is the purpose of my life? Right? How many days do I have? And in, in those days, God, what is your mission for me? The answer to the question of every human life is Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, today, wherever you're at, maybe your heart's in the right place right now. Maybe God has been bringing your heart to life. Let him do it more. This is that piece of our faith. If you had everything else, if you have memorized the catechism, right? If you know how many chapters are in every book of the Bible, if you've heard every talk, but your heart's not there, it won't, it won't help you much. Jesus, may your resurrection, Lord, may it make my heart soft again. May the beauty and the glory and the power of your victory over sin and death, may it cast out all those other things I've lived for, Jesus, may I not just know about you, may I know you, may I love you. Jesus, may you tear that veil that lies over my heart. Jesus, that I may follow you everywhere and that the world may believe in you.